Welcome to Content Breaker. Featuring Static Dreads, Kaiju Kells, Strangely Entertaining, and V Zog Boy. Today's episode is Avatar The Last Airbender. 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Content Breaker podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about a topic that we all kind of agreed on because we're like, that's pretty cool. We're going to be talking about The Last Airbender, the original show that broadcasted on Nickelodeon, and it's on Netflix now. You mean the movie that should never existed, The Last Airbender? No, The one from M. Night Shyamalan that was the greatest adaptation of anime history? You mean Nightmare Show? That specifically, yes. What timeline are you are you in right now? The one where we're talking about The Last Airbender, right? Not the movie. No, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yep. Show. Yes, that one. So today we're talking... Today we're talking Avatar The Last Airbender, the American uh, Nickelodeon animation from the early mid-2000s? It was like 2006 when it started. 2005 to 2008, son. Sounds about right. Bruh, that's like a number of years ago. Hell yeah. (laughs) Over 10 years ago, bruh. It's 15. uh, I love how it... As IMDb rates is like number 12 of series of all time. It, honestly, it is. It's clean. And the it fact deserves that, it. The fact that the animation does not hinder the story in its reception is mind blowing. Story can be very mature in places. It's very, very cohesive across the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Really no questions up until the very end. But People of all ages can watch it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. True. And the end questions are what the books are for. Yep. Read the books. Give this franchise more money because they didn't I, get more of it. <laughs> I didn't know there were books. Oh, yes. there are several. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> yes. Everyone usually talks about the one, which is the search, but there are others. Well, that's because the big question at the end of uh, the show gets answered in that one. Yeah. But I still think my favorite one is The Promise, which is the first one. So let's let's get into the show itself. Like the books are based like a close to the show. It's a recap of the well, not a recap. Excuse me. It's a continuation on the, the main avatar we're talking. But where did he start? And that's that's founded in episode one of the show. So let's get into some details about the show itself. All right, so the basic recap of The Last Airbender, we have uh, the three books, which are Water, Earth, and Fire, I mean, respectively. Let's be real. Yep, yep. None of us are going to recap this as well as the show itself in its opening credits. Oh, yeah, gosh. <laughs> We're just going to recite Then that. the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> Who's the Fire Nation? Fire Nation is a nation of islands out in the middle of the ocean, that are very industrialized at this point in the story. And basically the previous king before Ozai was like, yo, I want to take over the world. <laughs> so it's, it's Two an before allegory him. to Imperial Japan. Sort of, yes. Their uh, culture leans heavily to Japan. 
Yeah, their culture leans towards Japan, but I think it's certainly an Asian Asian nation. That's mm-hmm. the the premise. Yes, but um, who are they conquering? Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it, they committed genocide and then decided they want to rule everybody else. They committed genocide of everyone or a specific people. Nope, just the air nomads. Yeah, it, just in case. Uh, nobody knew. We're going to be talking a lot of spoilers just in case you haven't seen it yet. So go, go watch the Netflix show. Yeah, I'm very confused on this because we're like given a bunch of spoilers. Oh, no, asking no, we're a talking bunch about, of questions that nobody would. We're talking about the entirety of it. So basically you have the main character, Aang, and he just kind of, um, well, we first meet Sokka and Katara. And this is like the very beginning of the very first episode. Uh and Katara gets mad at Sokka because Sokka is being sexist, basically. He's also, like, 14. <laughs> and the only girl he actually knows is his sister. It's, clearly, he does not have good social skills that, in that case. Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, but basically, Katara gets mad, and Katara's sort of a waterbender. She's not really a master yet, but she can sort of do it at this point. The the big thing there is the fact that all of the all of the benders and all of the nations have been rounded up and taken to the Fire King Kingdom or executed. So there's no one for her to learn from. It's sort of a genetic trait that she's gained, you know, from her parents. And she's the only bender in the Southern Water Tribe. Southern Water Tribe, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only one. Because all the other ones, yeah, they got captured and we'll talk about that. Oh, that that definitely comes in later. <laughs> but quick thing, I love how water bending is the first bending we get to see with her catching the fish and everything, and it's debatably the strongest kind of bending. De- yeah, very debatably. I mean, um, when you get into book three and see the kinds of things it can do, I and mean, how, and think about how that can be applied, <laughs> that's pretty goddamn insane. <laughs> I mean, airbending also, like each one, like even to, we'll, we'll get into the bending a little later because that is a whole, that's a whole discussion because every bending has an aspect that can make it the strongest, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, you could, mm. what? Oh, I was just going to say Katara and Sokka basically uh, find Aang frozen in an iceberg with his uh, air bison or flying bison, Appa. And they break it open by accident. And then we meet Zuko, who's like, there he is. and That giant bright beam into the sky. <laughs> that is where I will go. It's like every Marvel movie. Beam of light into the sky. That is where action is. So we we introduce the, the sort of main four-ish characters in the first episode that we're going to be following through the entire show. From front to end, mm-hmm. we got Aang, the airbender, the avatar, whose goal is to learn all four uh, elements of bending to bring peace to the universe. So basically the chosen one. Um, and then we've got Katana. Katana, what the hell Katana? is that? Katara. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was I was like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got Katara, whose goal is to you know, learn about how to perfect her water bending, and there's nowhere to do that in the Southern Water Tribe. So she's got to travel to the Northern Water Tribe to, you know, to grow. 
And thanks to Aang, she now has that opportunity. Yeah, she's got Sokka, who is her brother, um, who's a quote-unquote warrior, uh, who is more bark than bite, but, you know, that's first time to grow. At first, but, but later on, he, he stopped, like... Yes. The thing, the thing I like about Sokka, and we'll talk about characters, is, like, he his the meteorite sword throughout yes. is, just, is great. I love how his entire th- journey through the... Um, first season can be summed up in in a, in a line he says in like episode two i'm just a guy with a boomerang i did not <laughs> ask <much>. for this <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then we've got zuko the mildly main uh antagonist who's hunting down the avatar so that he can regain his father the fire lord's favor because he did something really dumb and got the scar on his face and now he's got to like prove his worth. He spoke out during a war meeting when he wasn't supposed to, and that kind of dishonored his father in a way. So uh, it was Agni Kai. <laughs> Family politics is hard. <laughs> yeah. So those are the characters we have, and then we have like the cool thing about Avatar is it is a mixture of a there's a lot of spirituality in Avatar as well. And the spirits actually play a big part throughout the series. Let's see. What episode was it? We kind of first encountered the first. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it was when he meets Hei like the Episode seven. It's where you saw um, the panda spirit or whatever. Because he was yeah, going that's around Hei-bai, kidnapping people. The yeah. spirit of the forest. And he gets stuck in the spirit world for a while. And Avatar Roku's dragon <laughs> decides, eh. He needs guidance. I'm a help. <laughs> but these these spirits, we'll we'll circle back to the spirits. But these spirits are sort of like the the visualizations, the masters, the the key points of each of the elements. There, there's like a, a key spirit to go with the elements. What are the elements we're dealing with? So the elements that are present in this world are water, earth. Fire and air, and I think I said that in the correct order. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's it doesn't matter. the The intro of the show is one thing. I mean, there is a cycle, and Aang is supposed to learn in a specific order. But uh, you, when you get into the more uh, expansive worlds, like all the other avatars and all that, you kind of find that that's really just a. Uh, that's guide. Those are guidelines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they kind of go in their own order. Like we saw in one episode, uh, Aang tried to learn firebending early and it didn't really end well. Yeah, because It made did, learning firebending at the right time much harder. Did not learn earth and water beforehand. So, <laughs> well, mostly because of his trauma, but yeah. <laughs> and and part of part of this is the order is mildly based on the fact that he was, you know, he learned water first based on the fact that he was with waterbenders. Yeah. Like that, that's where they were going on their journey. True. He learned it in order of the journey opposed to in order of the way it was supposed to be because, you know, you got to well, do what you got to no, do. No, please continue. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you got to, he had the necessity at the time, like Katara was also trying to master waterbending. So he's like, hey, might as well just learn it with you. Then yeah. they went to the, um, north. They were gonna go to the northern water tribe, but yeah. that was because not only did did they both need a waterbending master, the uh, cycle is air, water, earth, fire. 
and so they were going to try with that, but they ran to a firebending master along the way and was like, oh, I need to do this by the end of summer. Okay, um, let's let's cheat code our way through this. And I think that the cycle of reincarnation, that is the cycle we're basing this off of, like who is going when Avatar A dies, what type of bender is going to be the next Avatar? I think that doesn't matter on the training. Well, that's the, that's the order of the training, just because that's the same cycle they follow with the reincarnation. But also, but that's also why the, that's also why the try the training one is more like guidelines. They yeah. don't really have to follow that, but at the yeah. same time, it's usually better for them to. So we've we've talked about the elements of bending, uh, but what about Appa? You know, let's get some basis <laughs> on what Appa is. So the animals in. The world of Avatar, the last Embrander, are very unique as usually they are mixed with some form they're of... Fusion. Yeah, they're fusions of animals. So like you have turtle yeah. ducks. Uh, well, they just refer to Appa as a flying bison, but I'm pretty sure he's like a bison platypus thing or something. I'm not entirely Look, sure. Appa, Appa is unique. That's why he's just a flying bison. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you got things like platypus barrels, turtle ducks, lion turtles... Um, it's so, it's so used to just fusing two of our real world animals in that when one episode where they're just like, Hey, this guy's throwing a party for his bear. They're confused because <laughs> she didn't put another word into that. His gopher bear, his platypus nope. bear. No, just his bear. Just a bear. <laughs> the city is weird. That was the funniest thing. When I, when I saw that episode, I was laughing. <laughs> it still makes so me laugh. <laughs> the humor in this show is also awesome. Yeah, on, honestly, that's one of the major parts of it. Not only the seriousness of the story and the the quality arcs that things follow, but also that the the humor hits. Oh yeah. By the it way, does. who wants some cactus juice? Oh god, <laughs> it'll quench you. It's the quenchiest. <laughs> I've actually had cactus juice before. It's not bad. Slimy. Oh. Uh. <laughs> uh, once you drink aloe vera plant, it's all downhill from there anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So the Goodness. animals are cool. Another thing, like what I touched on earlier, were like the spirits function yeah. in yeah. there. Because there's a lot of, there's the yink. Like the avatar is a connection between basically the human world and the spiritual world, which yeah. that is what Aang is, and that's a point that's driven and focused on throughout the whole series. In fact, one of the animals, the lion turtle that Zog had just mentioned, is actually the opus spiritual animal that gave bending to the world. Yeah, slight spoil for a legend of Korra there, but someone's gonna watch that. Uh, yeah. Bro, that was that's, that was that's in. also a very uh, big point of contention for a lot of fans, just because. I mean, I personally don't think it goes against what we were told about the origins of bending them learning it from different animals and whatnot, because we see later that when the dude has the power to bend, he's learning how to make it an art form from studying those animals. But still, I think that's a that's a telling of this show itself, Avatar, The Last Airbender, because like if we look at the secret tunnel. We learned that there's a connection between earth bending. Get the f- 
out of here, man. I'm gonna have to Look, mark you can't that say we Secret have to, Tunnel without. We have to, listen, you can wait till I get my point through, and then we can sing it together, man. Okay, all right. The all memes right. are right. real. Come on now. So Secret Tunnel. Secret Tunnel. Okay. Secret <laughs> Tunnel. Um, the, the, big, the big thing, where are these tunnels coming from? It's coming from the moles. And then that is where the original earthbenders learned earthbending from these yeah, moles, moles in the tunnels. So like the connection between the animal world blending with the spirit world. And that's where humans learned bending from. Like that was planted in this show. Yeah. And like even airbending, the better the airbender you are is connected to the more spiritual you are. Well, that's just airbenders in general. Like, yeah, their entire <laughs> The entire Air Nation are a bunch of nomadic monks, so they would naturally be the most spiritual out of everyone. Well, and like, what does that mean? Let's break it down. I, so, I guess that means the better airbender you are, the more peaceful you are. But like, if you have the power of a hurricane, you don't really want to use it because I don't know. I mean, if you're nomadic, what it, like, how does the power of, of airbending bleed into being nomadic? You will fly. Like, the Exactly. Like you're not bound to the the earth. You you float through the air wherever the air may take you, which is why you're nomadic. And being you know connected to that is what makes air nomads want to get murdered so bad. True. I mean, but Monk Yatsu didn't go out like no, like no punk because he took no, out man. a bunch of firebenders with him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, there were a lot of corpses laid after that a temple. Lot of bodies. Monkey Yatsu, my dude. Like. Which reminds me, we never see very many bodies throughout any of the other temples we see. Look, man, it's less Buddhist and more Shaolin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of those temples gets a pass because new people move in. They must have cleared everything out. But we go to it. I don't. No, we only go to one other temple. I'm pretty sure the guru and we don't, at the eastern temple. No, you're right. Bodies. The yeah. guru was at the eastern temple. He probably took care of that. And that would just leave the western temple. That guru, Which though. that... Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had more of the guru. I, I think he served his purpose. Oh, I don't he, think there was much more to him. He absolutely did. But I enjoyed his character and I wanted more of him. I'm not sad that we got what we got. I'm not sad that that's all we're ever going to get from him, but I still want it more. I, pr- I, I appreciate that he's the Rafiki of Airbender. <laughs> Rafiki, Yoda, one of those. Uh, both at the same time. <laughs> True. <laughs> he is every wise old man. So since we're talking about Guru, guru. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, chakras are very yeah. important in the world of Avatar because What's... literally you meet a character in uh, season two, I think, which is just like, yo, I'm a block your chakras. <laughs> we're dealing with Naruto at this point. So welcome to your typical show to protagonist weekly. We're, di- we're talking Naruto <laughs> this week. Uh, no. So what's uh, what's going on with chakras in Avatar The Last Airbender? Well, um, as you guys mentioned, the guru was talking with Aang about chakras and how basically he can go into the avatar state if he aligns his and stuff like that. And like chakras are kind of what helps bend elements in a way. Well, the chi flows through your body and each uh, chakra is like a dam holding back some, 
where only a little bit gets out. But if you can really learn to release it, more can flow through and it's much easier to do things. Since you brought up Naruto as an example, it's like the eight inner gates. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna be there. I was gonna like, you can't open the eighth eighth dam though, man. You'll nope. become the avatar forever and then you'll just die. Then, you, then your blood will literally boil. <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. Um but that's that's the secret to unlocking the avatar state, which is this altered state of well, consciousness for Av- Aang, where he can access all of the power of being the avatar with all of the elements at one time, and all yeah. of his um, past lives as well. Yeah, when he is able to fully master the avatar state, is when he has truly become the avatar. Yeah, so he's, he's got to learn all of the elements one by one in his, his sort of natural personage. But the Avatar state is the thing that ascends him and connects him to the previous lineage of every Avatar that's ever existed. All of their knowledge, all of their power, right in one thing. <laughs> yeah, so he, he goes in this place and he talks to, um, what's the what's his fire guy? The guy before Roku. Aang. Roku. So like a lot of the times he goes in, he's talking to Roku as like his his guiding mentor in the Avatar world, which is very convenient. Having like a past life be like, yo, this is how you do things. Yeah, I wish I had one. (laughs) Make things a little easier. We're working on it. Step one, got to get you to the afterlife and then you'll have one. Um, I don't know when that's going to be. We'll uh, we'll take our time with that. We'll slow walk it. Yeah, uh, but, baby steps there. But speaking of that, so like we we've dealt with chakras and we've dealt with sort of the lineage of the past influencing how you live your life. A, a lot of stuff going on in Avatar: The Last Air and Bitter is based in symbolism. Well, yes. as you had mentioned earlier, there's like a ton of symbolism, um, like the air nomads, like air because air is free and they're free to be whatever or do whatever uh and then fires like the passion or anger most of the time well, as we see it's throughout your, the show well or, they use anger mostly for it mm-hmm, especially or, zuko in the beginning you, but you drive uh, when yeah it become the reality of it is your own passion your drive to do whatever you to achieve your goals or do whatever that is the Fire Nation is Am- really like the most self-motivated. <laughs> Ambition. Yeah. Ambition, there you go. And later, you actually learn fire is also life. Like the warmth. Just he- just warmth is life. I mean... You out here listening to Uncle Iroh. Get out of here. And the dragons. Hey, the sun warriors say it too. Yeah. The sun is a great big ball of fire and no he life would life. be here without it. <laughs> um, Earth is, you know, strong, steady, powerful. Stubborn. Stubborn. <laughs> uh, and water is just flowing. It's yep. real easy to go with the flow with that one. Very adaptive. So, uh, so we're gonna circle back to symbolism. But one of the things that I think it's it's important to look at and make note of is the different forms of uh, martial arts that are animated with each individual type of bending. So we we look at water, and that's a lot of tai chi. That's a lot of flowing. But you deal with with um, let's say earth bending, and that's a lot of striking, a lot of firm, concise movements. Yeah, like 
And that's interesting that each style of bending has its own style of sort of martial arts basis. Yeah, it's based in a different style of martial arts, which is really cool. And when it was airing <laughs> on Nickelodeon, there was also these like shorts where you would sit with a Kung Fu master and he would tell you what each style was based off of. And then the voice actor of Katara would also give you a short explicitive of what it was. And it was like the coolest thing as a kid. I remember being in my living room trying to practice those moves and everything. It's great. Yeah. I also love how since uh, they, they uh, got the footage and animated uh, the styles all off of one guy, one guy taught them, all of the different kinds of martial arts that they use for the show. They, so they named the whole teacher aspect after him. That's why they call when Toph shows up anxious, like let's go Sifu Toph. The guy's name was Sifu. Well, that's a, uh, more of a Kung Fu mentor, like a sensei, but Sifu is the, the phrasing for teacher in some martial arts forms. But yes, exactly that, you know, that instead of being sensei, it's Sifu, because uh, that's coming from a, a lot of Chinese background. Um, so what other symbolism is there? There's a symbolism, I would say, of... I would say there's a lot of symbolism of, like, the fans, for instance. When you get into Avatar Kiyoshi, um, the Kiyoshi Warriors, the symbolism of the fan, like... I remember what that symbolism was, but I don't remember what it was exactly. You know what? I want to take it back. Let's look at the water spirits and let's look at oh, the yeah. the yin and yang of oh, yes. the, the, the uh, avatar. Spirit of the moon and spirit and, of the ocean. No. Well, yes and no. Let's look at the yin and yang of the the spirits along with the yin and yang of Zuko trying to find the Avatar, and the Avatar trying to not get the last waterbenders murked on his watch. <laughs> Discuss. Oh, man. <laughs> that entire finale, that was the perfect way they could have ended season one. Zuko basically uh, escaping an assassination attempt, going undercover amongst his own people to even hope to get a chance to capture the avatar his supposed last chance and ang looking for redemption for leaving his own people um well to die <laughs> he didn't know it at the time but yeah he just left them all to die um as he's open to redeem himself by saving the northern water tribe and, of course, neither one of their plans go exactly as planned. Zuko, Zuko nearly dies to the elements, and Aang needs the assistance of an entire... Aang watches one spirit die, and needs the assistance of the other one to do any lasting damage against the Fire Nation. I also like the symbolism of that life was given to Homegirl from the spirit, and how life yeah. always returns. I think that was very profound subject and also how yeah Qatar waterbenders drew their strength from the moon like in the tide going ebb and flow and then when there was that fight between Zuko and Katara he said I rise you rise with the moon I rise with the sun so there was just a symbolism of power opposites and how everything's in balance everything's in balance I mean Ira literally said we need the moon as much as the waterbenders do 
which I also love when there's a lunar eclipse, bending just goes away. <laughs> for firebenders, at least. No, no for, for waterbenders too. Oh, really? For waterbenders oh. too. When there was a when everything went red and the lunar eclipse happened, when Zhao captured the moon spirit, oh yeah, all the yeah. waterbenders lost their bending. That's why they knew when this when they found out about a solar eclipse, it was the perfect day to invade the Fire Nation. See, that's why I'm trying to be an Earthbender. Well, that's not the element. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> well, since you bring that up. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say all the time, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, their whole domain is right there below their feet. <laughs> and Toph showed you it don't even have to be. Oh, yeah. That reminds me, though. Toph actually has a different style of martial arts she uses for her bending than other Earthbenders. So, you know what? Let's get into this right now. Let's get into the elements we prefer and let's fight about it. So, <laughs> All right. on on the points we've mentioned in this last, you know, 30 seconds, what happens if an Earthbender gets on a boat? We've seen that. We've seen um, the hope you Fire some Nation. Rocks. <laughs> we've seen the Fire Nation ship all the Earthbenders off on a slave boat. To work in the ocean. What do yeah. you do then? You be Toph? Be Toph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you better hope you can learn some Look, metal bending. Toph hasn't come around yet. She can't teach you how to metal bend. <laughs> See? And even then, even when metal bending it, in Korra's time, when metal bending is proficient, it's it's like one in every hundred earthbenders. Yeah, so even then, it's not a guarantee. <laughs> You basically have to either find your way to something you can bend or hope someone will come around and help you. Isn't metal bending like gene- genetic or something? I, I, I'm pretty sure. Because yeah, some of Toph's family can metal bend. All well, of that's, Toph's that's family can metal bend. Cora, <laughs> which is Opal. not important yeah, right now. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, except for Opal. But yeah. So right now we're talking Avatar The Last Airbender, where the of to, to our knowledge... Toph is the first one to be able to metal bend. Yes. Yes. Um, I think the key is if you're away from your element, you got to be resourceful because we saw Azula go off during the eclipse. Like she didn't need her bending. She was out here like she also brought Dai Li agents in so that she they could cover her. <laughs> but still, she was still super agile. And then even then, oh, Aang, yeah. we've seen Aang go like without his bending just by being agile. And well, Suki, my girl Suki, don't need no bending. Yeah, when he was fist fighting in the Fire Nation, or excuse me, just dodging, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's the thing with Ang. It's hard to tell because his air bending can be as subtle as it just lets me jump a little bit higher, or as grand as I could fly through the sky. <laughs> okay, then you could so, go the route of all the non-benders, Tylee, May, all the Kyoshi oh, warriors. Yeah. You, you don't need bending to be a badass, Sorry. but it helps. Master P.N. Dao, shoot. I'm, I'm so angry that you put Sokka. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that afterthought that we saw in episode one? To be fair, Sokka did kind of murder uh, a powerful bender uh, that's a combustion man. Yeah. Maybe it was an accident, but like he boat. still murdered him Hell pretty no. good. He meant to hit him. <laughs> you saw that cheer about that boomerang? He meant to do that. <laughs> All right. So, All right. So I think I think we've we've hashed it out about bending as far as we're gonna get it. Since we're talking about Sokka, let's get into favorite characters. Okay, so see I'll just go well no, no, Zog, you go first. No, no, no. I, that's a question. <laughs> 
I, I got, I've watched this show like maybe six or seven times. Well, then who's all your the way through? Because I still can't decide. You are at the top of the list on the show notes. You have to answer. That's Damn the long it. and short of it. Pick one. Um. Okay, gun to my head. Got to pick one. Zuko gave us the perfect redemption arc. Uh, one so good. Uh, shows nowadays are trying to recreate it. <laughs> so screw it. I'd go with Zuko. All right. And that's a good ass answer, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not a I'm the bad guy. And at the end of the show, I'm the good guy. No, it's I'm a bad guy. At the middle of the show, I'm a good guy. And you get to see me grow as a good guy story. And you see the struggle uncensored is a struggle. Yes. Which, you know, I I think that that point is crucial. That is an excellent, excellent character choice for your favorite. Yeah. What about you, Kels? Who's your favorite? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you know what? Feel the pressure. <laughs> um, like I was saying earlier, I think uh, the villager and his wife from episode <laughs> where uh, what? Appa murders their cabbage. No, I don't know. Um, oh, Cabbage Man. No, Cabbage Man is a uh, is is a uh, honorable mention. Contender. Well, that is the best running joke ever. <laughs> main characters. It's between. It's between Toph and uh, what the f- is his name? Let me hit that M button on this screen. M button. Um, the king of the Earth Kingdom. Boomy. Well, Boomy, he's not. He's, yeah. not, love, he's not of the whole kingdom. Wait, you're talking you, about the Earth King? Like he's the a king of Amashi. Oh, my. Oh, okay, yeah, King of Amashi. There, I was like, wait. So you talk about Earth King? The, like, not Earth how, King. I love but, how yeah. all you said was the King, and I just jumped with Boomy. <laughs> yes, Boomy is pretty much the greatest. He I'll, is a mad genius. He's like mm, rock candy. It's <laughs> like what? I also love how in the comics and the books they had a uh, short uh, one where Toph and Boomy actually had an Earth bending fight to see who was the best earthbender in the world oh. and they couldn't come up with an answer hmm. uh, Man, being you so- know that's the greatest part which shows how your nation is the best even though you're under you know fire nation subjugation yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean if we talk in Boomy he didn't his feat of single handedly <laughs> taking back a city like <laughs> yeah most people in Avatar have to move when they bend that's why the whole martial arts that's why they adopt the martial arts to do their bending moves but boomy can just bend with his face also the fact that <laughs> boomy is 112 years old is raw like oh yeah and he's still shredded <laughs> boomy is savage he was like he goes from li- like old humped over there's like it's like, oh no, Master Roshi status. <laughs> yes. Real, See, for me, for my favorite character, I gotta agree with Zog, and I gotta go Zuko with a close, close runner-up being Toph. But Zuko takes it over Toph for me with the aspect of my whole like it's kind of personal relating. Like I've always been referred to as a comeback kid because I always go put myself in some mess. 
and then come out of it even stronger. And that was literally Zuko's whole thing. He didn't put himself in the miss mess, but he came out better. And he had, to me, arguably the best redemption mark in any media I've ever watched. Not to mention his relationships with every single person in the series is captivating. Like, whether it be Sokka, Katara, Aang, for sure, his father, his uncle Iroh, his sister Azula, his girlfriend May, like, whoever he is conversing with, it just feels like he's almost like a, like a sprinkle, like a elevator to that character as well. Now, I want to take a moment before we get into uh, Strange's pick, the and, and mention the fact that relationships exist in this show. And that's that's crucial to its storytelling, like as it's aimed towards young adults, having relationships like pay off and see that those exist is pretty great because you've got like Aang and uh, Katara. Yeah, Katara. Um, You've got Zuko and May, my (laughs) May. Yeah. Uh, The one with the knives. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we've got Sokka, we've got and, Sokka and the moon <laughs> along with the warrior woman, <laughs> Suki. Yeah, like uh, everybody. Anyway, <laughs> UA was her name, yeah. And now yeah. it's the moon spirit, all right. <laughs> yeah, but that's but, I mean, like, that's that's something that you don't necessarily see in a lot of quote-unquote kids shows i mean Aang and guitar though at the very beginning was like oh yeah <laughs> well and, and you knew it that was where the story planted the seeds but it took the end of the show for the payoff i love they, how it took they, its time exactly it told a whole it story earned <laughs> yes um just wanted to throw that out there that I appreciate that. And it wasn't as weird as some other shows where it's yes. like Car Captor Sakura where oh, you know God. the brothers <laughs> I, anyway, we are, we're not gonna get into that. Oh, you anyway. get so in the last minutes of the show, you know. Hey, strange, yeah. what's yours? Yeah. Uh man I have I have like a tie for like everybody, but I can't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> I like the show. That's my feel answer. the pressure. <laughs> feel the pressure. All right. So if I had to choose between like Sokka, Toph, and Iroh, I'd probably have to go with Iroh just because yeah. it's Uncle Iroh. Real answer, man. It's goddamn Uncle Iroh. <laughs> like, he has some of the best quotes. He's funny, and yeah, like tons of quotes from him. Uh, just between him and Toph, I pretty much laughed like at every joke they said, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, out of all of the Avatar of the Last Airbender, Uncle Iroh is the only one who had a scene that actually made me cry. Man, yeah, Goodness. with with his son and the the uh, yes. leaves on the vine. Tales of Ba Sensei, one of the greatest episodes ever put to TV. Yes, and it was basically filler, but it was still amazing. The best filler ever. Who cares? Yes. <laughs> so before that throws us into our next one. I just have to take a second while we're on character to talk about Toth. Because I feel like Toth is in everybody's like top three. Like Toth was I like I was talking to my sister, like I said, who just recently finished the series for the first time. And apparently Toth was introduced to show people with disabilities 
that you can be awesome and you can be the best at something in a time where that wasn't really popular or prevalent. And apparently one of the show's directors had a family member, I think it was either his son or something, who was blind. And they put that out there to show that, hey, you know, it doesn't matter if you're blind or this or that. And also Toth, the main focus of Toth, yeah, you had that one episode where it was like, yeah, she's blind and she's amazing. But that was about it. Like, it didn't focus yeah. on her being I a mean, blind person. It focused on her just being amazing and kick ass. It was dope. Oh, yeah. Hell. And throughout the show, they constantly forget that she's blind. <laughs> and she makes fun of everyone for that, it. That's why I love her so much. She's, she's just flying so on Appa. She can't see a thing. All right, Toph, take the wheel. Like, what? <laughs> ah, yes. Let the blind girl steal the, steer the ship. <laughs> no, I meant Suki. Oh, yeah. oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, and, and on that, I, I love that the joke comes in and is relatable to the viewer because they they play it as her eyes or her connection to her bending. Like she can see through her connection to the earth. Yeah. And when she's on a boat or on Appa in the middle of the air, she's out of her depth. She can't see, and that's when Hell. those come into play, you know. Hell. And part of that the leads into like her, her, her visual fear of whatever it is, or hesitance. Yeah, what, like, I mean, hell, even when the first time she ever sets foot into a desert, she can't see, she can't, everything looks fuzzy to her, she mm -hmm. can't discern what's going on. Yeah, because the sand's not solid, it's always moving. Yeah. yeah, but by the end of the series, she walks out into a beach and is just like, hey, yo, check this out. Because she can bend literal metal, man. Yeah, <laughs> she can bend sand and mud. Yeah, but she recreates an entire like metropolis of their age, and even makes people in it. That's some detail work. Because she can is, see all that. That's like wow. Toth is a great yeah. character. Oh man! Even oh, if so she doesn't evolve, even if you can't see the evolution of her as a person throughout the show, you can definitely see the evolution in her bending. You can tell totally the, the price she, of her as a person. And the pride she takes in that. Well, I saw the evolution of her as a person. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, totally. Because it's it's sort of becoming your own and stepping away from the responsibility and expectations of your parents. Like, that's her entire story arc. Is she supposed to be some... Yeah, she's supposed to be some, prin uh, like some uh, princess or some she's government She's very high up person. noble, basically. Yeah. Like it's a noble yeah. house, and she's the heir. Mm -hmm. And they coddled her. And she hated it. She's such an amazing bender and her family treats her like a burden or like she's fragile, which she's not because of the fact she's that she's not blind. fragile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that's her story arc overcoming the not her her disability, but overcoming the expectations and treatment of her family and others in society. Yes. That's for to your point, Kai. That's the story of Toph. Yes. Well, that's the beginning of the story, because later on, she learns to be more accepting of people taking care of her, mostly through Katara, the quote unquote mother of the group trying to take care of her so much. Yeah. And, and part of that is is making a friend and coming to an understanding about yeah. one half of how the world works and the other half about how an individual can actually take care of and communicate that care between one to another. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's just more. What? So what element would y'all want to have in real life? Ooh, 
Pick me. Like what type of bender would you want to be? Pick me. Okay. Yeah, okay, strange. strange. But, so besides, I guess, being doing the whole monk thing, I would definitely want to be an airbender. Uh, he said, de- I want to drink <laughs> and I want to press the M button. <laughs> <laughs> That's what being a monk's not about. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, just the, the, the appeal of having a flying bison and flying and just <laughs> being able to conjure up tornadoes and everything is just re- a really fun concept to me. Of course, if I couldn't become an airbender, I'd probably choose water just because water's so versatile and everything. But, yeah. I mean, just like the freedom of air and just being able to go, pff, I mean, and then of course, you know, Legend of Korra, we saw what airbending, like how deadly it can be. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still give the edge to water there, but just because uh, it took a good amount of time for air to be deadly in that way. And that should be the, mo- the most convenient way for them to be like that. Oh, yeah. So. No, no, no. Water, try, like. Water, I you know, and the thing about water though, you have to have the right circumstances for water. You don't have to have the right um, circumstances. You can, can kind of no, train. No, you don't. <laughs> it, yeah, you, you can train. <laughs> You've got to have that dark magic if you're gonna murk somebody in a desert. Yeah, with blood magic, <laughs> controlling the fluids within their body. Yeah, you're, now you're, you're speaking kinda... of being in a desert, even if you're in the middle of the ocean, as long as you're not the deep ocean, there is earth underneath the water. So earthbenders yeah. win every day of the week if you are a G. Might take some time depending <laughs> on how deep the water is, though. You're just like, hold on, hold, hold on, what, what? Hey, second, hey, but what? circling back, <laughs> circling hey. back, how did those earthbenders get off that boat? They stole coal out of the engine and mm-hmm. then murked the firebenders. They didn't need Toph to bend metal. They just or, murked them with the materials on need, board. They just needed Aang to give them the coal and Guitar to say, yo, fight. Bingo. <laughs> now, I will say one thing that does entice me. Like, I like metal bending just fine, but what if you could lava bend, though? Which is a thing, even in season, uh, even in the okay. first three books. Three of three of core. Hold up. We're not talking Korra. No, I mean, we can mention Korra. It's fine. Like, <laughs> That's for no, later. Though. We're focused on Avatar The Last Airbender. The Legend of Korra is something I've never watched. I don't know nothing about, which is why I'm <laughs> making that point. So, uh, I would say the element I would want is fire. I've always had an affinity of fire, even before I watched this. And also, like... The way that firebenders operate is also the way that I find myself. I'm very passionate about things. So I would be like a dope firebender. And also the Sunriders episode where they talk about the energy and the different colors of fire. Like I'm down for that. And also fire breathes lightning and static shock was my favorite (laughs) hero. So I'm just going to be out here doing some witchcraft. So we got an arsonist here. I do what I want. I I appreciate that the lightning was the first reason, and then you made up the rest just to like justify and and, and pat out the point. I, I feel also it. appreciate holding off on that. Good journalism. <laughs> so, yeah. I love fire bending though. That would definitely be also. It's like the most beautiful bending to me as well. Like personally, no, totally. And and part of that is even it. How much care is taken in the animation? Like earthbending. How much can you really do? It's a lot of gray. It's a lot of brown. 
There's not a lot of visual interest in taking something from the ground and doing something with it. Now, when we get into Toph, when we get into Boomy, that's when we get into the really interesting, weird... But... um, And just one thing about animation I do want to say is the Agni Kai between Zuko and Azula was so beautiful. That was That fire, that music, that... So beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Well... The short part about bending is you want spectacular stuff, get good scrub. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't be out here the last airbender where it took a squad of ten to move a damn rock. <laughs> Gosh, that was the oh funniest God. thing. That was the funniest thing in that movie. I didn't want to talk about the movie, but I that's the fun that's funniest. The the best no. way, like if you watched a nostalgia critic, he made a very good point. He's like, Look, it took ten people to move one little boulder, one little tiny the, boulder. Yeah, the size of your hand. We're like one earthbender in the in the series can like Could move up a tank. <laughs> yeah, it was a tank. We're, we're we're not gonna talk about nostalgia critic. <laughs> Anyway, Kels, no, but, what element would you pick? I mean, I had it from the jump, Earth element. There's a lot of stuff you can do uh, if you push beyond your limits right now. If you plus ultra this, um, yeah, you just got to do it. You know, you gotta you gotta be in a predicament where there is no way out, like Toph being locked up in that steel box trying to be sold back to her parents. Um, the only way she made it out was to take a deep breath and figure out that metal is literally from the earth and I can control it. Yes. And I love that. That goes back to the guru episode where you see like him talking about how even like when he's saying even metal itself is just refined earth. So major props to that. Like earth would probably be my second. If I couldn't bend fire, I'd probably go earth. And uh, Zah, what's your opinion? Uh, okay, I've taken uh, so many of those, like, what kind of bending would you have quizzes or different things like that. Uh, every time I take one, I end up with, like, fire or earth. Say water. No one said water. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> I always get, like, fire or earth, and I do think that something if like I was born into the avatar world, I would, it would be one of those two. Just me as a person. I do believe born in that world. It would be one of those two. What I would want though, would either be air or water. Mostly because those are, those are necessities for the human body. (laughs) You need to breathe and you need water. So it's like something I know I can, control so i can always take care of myself trying to be a murderer but i can also help <laughs> other people with and help provide for and take now, them away one one yeah. thing before i mean we if michael on, taught me anything you don't f- with it <laughs> that is the letter m uh and m is a marker on my keyboard so i can keep track of where we've uh, said f- m again um <laughs> where to add the bleeps yeah basically um but before we before we move on to our next topic, I, I want to look at the evolutions of bending that we've seen. So so with water bending, the super secret taboo is blood bending. With earth bending, the super new technique that nobody's ever discovered that we know of is metal bending. 
with fire. It's literally lightning. We heat <laughs> up the air and it becomes a lightning bolt. And lightning is super rare. What uh what happens with air? Is it just more air? You we don't get to see an airbending extension in the last airbender. Because right. Everyone's been murdered. We God don't see you. it until the Legend of Korra. Yeah, Aaron. Okay, didn't, now this is yeah. the this is the one time we're gonna break and get into Korra. What's the evolution? It's, it's, uh, it's just um, no. There so is. Th- there's this one guy, and he's kind of like a terrorist, basically, and he he gets airbending because of certain things that happened throughout uh, book two, which was the worst book uh, in the whole series. In but Korra, anyways, but uh, eh. but basically, he figures out. He's like, oh, I can basically suffocate someone. And like I and that's where I was hoping it was going. Here, that is the scary part about that. That's not a, what I was referring to in the evolution of it, though. Sure. What What are you referring to, Zog? I'm referring to uh, Ang's granddaughter, Janora. She's able to basically astral project herself, and the way she explains it is, it's a tie to the, it's a connection with the spirit world mixed with some airbending. So it's like hmm. being able to. You uh, being able to use that kind of like energy to project yourself and or control some kinds of like spirit is like an extension of um, airbending, which kind of opens the door to say maybe what Aang did in the finale to Fire Lord Ozai was an extension of airbending or an entirely new kind of bending. Very debatable. Eh, that was kind of explained, though. I thought that was explained pretty well in The Last Airbender when he just basically severed his path. That he got it from a giant lion turtle. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has to do with the with the <laughs> chakras and the fact that the turtle was like, you can do this. And we're like, what is that? And then we find out. It's like, oh, yeah. I still don't understand it, but cool. Called and energy bending. The evolution truly, yeah. what everyone, what everyone truly could possibly do besides just Janora or... You know, that, I would say flying, because they do fly in Korra. Well, they, they usually have a special tool. No, home dude yeah. just flew. Oh. So here it just you. started flying. Oh, yeah, when you make a little tornado on yourself. Aang did that, I think, at one point in the Avatar. Oh, no, uh, no, he just started flying. T- with. No, okay, okay. <laughs> You're talking right, about let's... Zaheer. He, uh, that was already an airbending technique from centuries ago. He studied a monk who could do it. And its entire thing was let go your earthly tether. So, in other words, have nothing you care about. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's right. yeah, that's like and an evolution, let go of all of it. That would be like lightning or metal bending or blood bending, like flying. Gentlemen, I hate to tell you, I've literally stopped caring. Let's circle back to Avatar, <laughs> um, and let's wrap it up with our favorite episodes. Oh, do this to me again. So, Um, I'm sorry. You got to pick one or, you know, whatever. All right. If I had to pick a favorite episode, you know, honestly, uh, me and Zog might have the exact same favorite episode, but I'm first, so I'm going to say it first. (laughs) I love the tales of Ba Sing Se. It, It makes me cry every single time. It makes me laugh every single time. Just to see the characters going out through their daily routine throughout uh bossing say it's just so great and i don't really have anything to expand upon that other than it gives me feelings the whole the whole episode funny thing though uh funny piece of tri- trivia 
was that was um, that specific episode. Each like um, the different people on the uh, on the team who made the show actually wrote uh, all the different parts of it. So it wasn't just like one writer. It was like everybody else. That's what's up. That's what's up. Which I was like, wow, that's cool. So like they let the lead animation guy write it, write a part of it or something. Like there's just little things like that in there. See, mine is probably, I have like a top five episodes and mm-hmm. one day I will make a, I will make a whole thing on these episodes. But if I had to pick just one, it will probably be Solzin's Comet, The Old Masters. Um, because that's oh, just when the every, white lotus comes out and just starts. Yes, everybody. let me tell. Let me tell her. Oh, I was gonna say. I'm so <laughs> mad at you right now. I'm gonna come to your house and cut your brakes. Sorry, that's too real. Um, and Mark, I do know where you live though. But yes, the white lotus. Um, because you see who the white lotus are, and that all these old people, as they said, do know each other. And there's like you see characters throughout the whole series. You see Boomy, you see Jong Jong, you see Master P and Dao, you see Iroh, and like they basically come together and you see them go off. And like they you gotta keep in mind, these dudes are so raw. They chose to invade the Fire Nation stronghold when they strong AF. Like the Fire Nation is mad powerful right here. And they said, We don't care. This dude only has a sword. And he's skating. He ice skating on a sword. Like, I don't. Anyway, I love that. And I also love while that's happening, it's a back and forth between Team Avatar and Aang going through the process. Like, Aang is trying to come to grips with he can kill the Fire Lord. And he's communicating with past avatars. And then you also see Iroh re-embrace Zuko and accept him. There's just a lot of great things that happened in that episode to make it my favorite. And that is so good with my second favorite honorable mention probably being the day of the Black Sun, the Eclipse, when Zuko decides, you know, I messed up and I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm doing what's right. And and the Fire Lord came at him and Zuko could have ended the war right there by throwing that lightning bolt right back at his dad because his dad wasn't ready for that but he was like nah it's not my place and just walked out like a g <laughs> so those are my two favorite episodes all right kills feel it man so i got two okay one of course is the cave of two lovers because yes. that's where we get the greatest song in avatar the last airbender and what is that, that says previously be sung from this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Secret Tunnel. Secret, Secret Tunnel. Tunnel. Secret yeah, Tunnel. I'm, I'm going to hate this edit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, these 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 uh, bards, the traveling band of musicians, sing that tunnel uh, song outside the tunnel. And then it's like the theme for the entire episode. Uh, but not only there... It's also like when Zuko gets a glimpse of what war does to general people in the world. So not only is there a great story about, you know, how bending is translated from animals to users, but also like a more growth in uh, Zuko's journey. But also speaking of Zuko, the other one is the blue spirit. That where, was a fire episode. Mm hmm. Where Zuko, as the mass swordman, the blue spirit, helps Aang escape from Fire Nation uh, control. He's, he's stuck up in a prison, and the blue spirit 
as a G just helps him escape and then tries to murder him <laughs> or doesn't. That's the big thing. It's, it's, a, it's a whole adventure. Yeah, it's twists and turns. So that's it. Yo, yo, what about G's dog? Uh, it, I love this show. It's so hard to pick like one thing is my favorite thing. Is but, it though? <laughs> oh God, I feel that. Um, okay. If I have to only pick one episode. Your answer is and, Sozin's Comet Part 4, <laughs> Avatar Egg. <laughs> look, the end look, of the I, show. I will tell you right now, that finale <laughs> is the perfect finale. Yes. <laughs> but um, now I'm like, gun to my head, pick one right now. I'd have to agree with Strange. Tales of Bus and say, you could remove that from the show and you wouldn't lose anything in the story, but you would lose a lot of emotion from that episode. And it's not even that the entire episode does it. It's just one third, <laughs> but it hits you so hard. I mean, the whole episode itself is good, but yeah, like at the, at the end of it. it oh yeah. <laughs> it's an entertaining episode, but it's just that last third that really does it for you. And it's that last third that really makes that episode memorable. And honestly, any, uh, I'm the kind of person who says any kind of show that can make me cry is worth, uh, investing yourself in. <laughs> and this episode really stars. does it <laughs> kind of. Yes. <laughs> and it did it at a time when I, w in my life, when I was just like, yeah, never do this. This for bitches. Never do it. I mean, let's not also forget, though, Toph totally shows those girls, like, oh, you make fun of a blind girl? Well, guess what? <laughs> this blind girl can earthbend. There's a hole in the bridge now. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was a great episode. And, like, I feel like I should just honorable mention for everyone here, the Guru, because that is a great episode. Oh, yeah. Like, and that goes to the tales of I destiny. Mean, if we're talking honorable mentions, every finale outside of Sosan's Comet, because Sosan Comet obviously would get in the ranking. Yes. So, yeah, next week, I hear we're having more Avatar, though. Is that oh, true? Oh, God. Yeah, we'll find out. Apparently. We will find out. Yeah. We're looking at doing a sort of a tournament, a breakdown, uh, a tier list of benders. Who's the best? Who is literally uh, Soka? Quick uh, and everyone in between. Yeah. Quick question about that. We're excluding avatars, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, because avatars that. would just win because it's just avatar state. Yeah. Go. <laughs> and yeah. we're not bringing in Korra yet. We'll do something on Korra when I get around to it. Oh. You're welcome. Uh, it narrows it down. You want to do a two-hour podcast where no one's going to listen? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, um, that's been this week in your typical Shonen Protagonist Weekly, otherwise known as Please Kill Me, uh, <laughs> YTSP <laughs> Weekly. Yes. Uh, this has been that, exactly. You can catch the show at the at the Twitter handle, YourTSP, that's U-R-T-S-P, where I literally don't use it for a week. Yes, and then if you want to listen, what you are probably doing right now and you want to keep mm -hmm. listening, you know what to do. You know to hit us on Spotify, to hit us on Apple Music. Like, we're out there. We're out there at your typical showman protagonist, you know? Yep. Type it in. We're there. 
Yep. And if you want to hit us up on the tweets, we all got Twitters, except Zog, except for the fake account of Mayhem that he don't know about. But like, Look, man, I like to at least pretend I believe there's hope for humanity. Twitter is yeah. a great place for it. You can see everything going on in the world. The yeah. good, the bad, the ugly. Literally the everything ugly. because <laughs> it's just, that's yeah. all my feed is. Uh, but where, where y'all at? Where y'all at? I'm at Static Dreads with a Z. Come find me. Let's converse. Let's make it happy. All right. Strange. I'm at Strangely Entertaining on Twitter. Uh, also look for me on YouTube as well. I've been playing a lot of Maneater. It's a very fun game. He plays a shark. Wow. Yeah. If y'all haven't checked it out, go give me some feedback. Tell me I suck. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so I hear tell next week on YTSP Weekly, we're doing uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh, oh no. Uh, <laughs> Robert Rodriguez. Hell this yeah. This is my last podcast. <laughs> Farewell. Spike you act like three, that's going to stop better. <laughs> All right. So, this, uh, we'll catch y'all next week here on YTSP Weekly.